Welcome to Enduring Christianity. I'm Billy Heyer, and this is our conversation on Remaining Patient. Last week, we ended the episode of Love is Not Easy with a simple challenge to practice love by simply focusing on one adjective of biblical love, and that was patience. Today, we're going to welcome my wife, Rachel, to discuss this adjective of love of patience, and we're going to realize just how practical it is to practice a following of Christ in our patience. So thank you, Rachel, for joining us here today with your voice, and not only today, but all of your support into building the launch of this platform in hopes that it encourages those on their daily walk with Christ. Happy to be here. So can you give us some simple examples in your life of, of just where impatience and patience was able to be practiced and lived out in your life? You know me better than anyone, and you know that I like to keep myself busy. Mm-hmm. It drives you a little crazy, mm-hmm. like just to yeah. get me to sit down. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that causes me to have to deal with a little bit of patience and yeah. impatience. Yeah, because I, I want the best for you. I want you just to relax a little bit. Yeah, I want to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and you know, the other reason is, is because when you're doing stuff and I feel like it's time to relax a little bit, I can't relax because I see you busy as a bee. I'm like, just, just relax. <laughs> so, so it's I can for you it. to relax. <laughs> <laughs> That's a portion of it. Yeah. Um, so I scheduled myself every day pretty full from when my feet hit the floor to when it's time to go to bed. You're thinking ahead even before the day begins. Oh, yeah. 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 I wake up, boom, list in my head. Let's go get it. Let's get her done, right? Um, Accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So, even just needing to run to the grocery store, right? I want to make that the most expedited process as possible. Mm-hmm. I want to get in, get my stuff, get out, go on so just my be, life. Just to be clear, you're not that person who goes in and says, let's see how many new friends I can make. Gosh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, so I remember, this was just a couple weeks ago, I was having one of my hurried days, as always, and needed a couple things from the store on my way home. I mean, I know that store, like the back of my hand, so I can just go in, grab them, get out. Like, it's sad, Billy. Like, I I was even just, like, counting minutes in my head. Like, this will take me... (laughs) You're setting yourself up for failure. I sound so OCD right now. I promise I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> says the one who counts the minutes in the grocery store. I'm going to regret ought, you, talking into this microphone. One thing I do appreciate about your whatever, I don't really think it's OCD. I think it's just positive planning. Why waste time? But the one thing I do appreciate about it is that when I get the shopping list, which you graciously supply to me, mm-hmm. and then I go and do, is that the list is not just some chaotic mess. It's in order of where things are in the grocery store. So I'll look Legit. at it, number yep. one, and it's there. Number two, oh, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Number three, oh, it's right there. Number four is not right there. Where is it? Oh, I know it's close because you put it into a list. It's Boom. one aisle over. Boom. And I'm in and out. <laughs> it does feel good. <laughs> it does. It does feel good. It's like accomplishment, accomplishment. It's like an endorphin boost, you know? Oh, I found it. Oh, I found it. You know, no complication. It's a game show. It's your own personal it game is. show. I well, kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can provide you with that accomplishment more often if you'd like. <laughs> Keep sending you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Anyways, you always get me off track. Back to my story. This was just a couple weeks ago. I knew I needed just a couple things. And I get in the store and I'm about to grab the first item. There's this, there's this lady standing in front of the one thing I needed with her cart. And I mean, I probably stood there maybe 15 seconds. It just felt so long. Just That's a long stand, time. Just to stand there and wait as she's like reading the labels and stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness, let's go, let's go, let's go. And finally, she grabs her item. I grab mine. And I kid you not, like the next item I had to grab, there she was again. <laughs> <laughs> she had the same list as you. <laughs> Apparently, we're making the same thing for dinner. <laughs> but just taking her sweet time. Reading through the ingredients, like, and I sound so impatient right now. Maybe she has food allergies or something, and she has to be really careful, and I'm just worried about my timing, which is so stupid. And then I'm about to go grab my last thing, and there's this wonderful lady again, standing in front of the yogurt cooler, just looking and looking and looking and looking. <laughs> and I felt inside of me. Like, God prompting me, this is a frustration. What are you going to do with it? Hmm. And I'm thankful he did because I could feel myself getting fired up. There were thoughts in my head, even like comparison and jealousy thoughts in my head. Like, Explain. Oh, well, I'm in such a hurry. I think my time is so precious and important, right? How nice would it be to leisurely walk? Through oh. a store and take your time. Hmm. Like where I, my own fault, I schedule myself so full, but I'm the one just saying I'm so busy, but it's, I'm still in control of my schedule somewhat. Mm -hmm. I have really only myself to blame there. Anyways, I did recognize God's prompting there and I just kind of laughed in my head about it. And I remember texting you. The frustrations of slow grocery shoppers yeah. or something like And I, I actually ended up talking to her. We shared a smile, shared a recipe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the humor behind it. Whereas I could have stayed in my frustration and impatience and stormed off. But I didn't. God helps me. Mm -hmm. it's so, this is so silly. Like, this is just... A grocery store experience, but how many times have I let my impatience from one location flow on to the next location or even oh, yeah. driving in between or then picking up my kids and already I feel like I'm being impatient, whereas they did nothing to deserve that. So what you're speaking of is that to feel the impatience and to feed on that impatience of that frustration in the grocery store. If you would have fed it, right? Mm -hmm. If you would have acted on its urges, it doesn't just then satisfy its urge, right? I mean, it does in the moment, but what happens is, is that the frustrational urge is not satisfied as in the way that now it disappears. It actually lingers with us longer to our next events, possibly like picking up the kids. And now we're more sensitive to further frustration. Yeah. Uh, I think it can pile on mm -hmm. in layers that are hard to peel off because- being impatient is a sin. 
And it is something that we should feel convicted of. And there's a layer of shame when you do mess up. One thing I think about shame and impatience, and just to clarify, we will feel impatient, Mm -hmm. but it's how we respond to that sensation. The reason I sense there's shame in not remaining patient and reacting with impatience is that because we've lost control, right? Um, When we just release ourselves to just do whatever we feel like we're doing inside, we're not having self-control, right? right? Like yelling or like if you were at the lady with the grocery store, um, just get out of my way or just give her a silent look, right? Now, she could see that look and take it with her the rest of the day. Like, what what was wrong with that lady? She was so rude to me, you know, not forget that. That's that frustration spreading to another. Mm -hmm. We don't realize it. Um, But then going back to if you gave her this weird look or this rude comment, um, you don't feel good about it, right? No. Yeah. And and you could have, you were the one or I would be the one in control of that choice. And now I realize the shame too is not just what I did but that I did it because I was not in control. Right. And that's what we want, right? We want to be in control of most things in our life, right? I need to know, I need to know. But then when something happens and we can't control ourselves, I think that is a real baseline layer of, of shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never, I never regret being patient, choosing patience. Really. Mm-hmm. It's not just being, it's choosing because it's, you either choose it or you lose it. True. Even just having to give myself a breather in times where my patience is being tested, say a rough day with the kids or an extraordinary long to-do list for me, I think getting my mind off of myself and onto what God's will is for our lives is the saving grace. Because when I, when I looked at, at what Jesus did, Everything he did while he was living on earth and beyond, humility kicks in. And I'm able to set my eyes on what Jesus wants. Not just for me, for everyone who follows him. I think that reality of what you're describing is the moment of opportunity to die to self. You're speaking of Jesus' humility of putting his will to the side for obedience of the Father's character to be displayed through humility mm-hmm. and for us to react in our frustrations no matter how small or large in an inappropriate way it's making life about me mm-hmm. it's tossing to the side any repercussions of the one i'm being frustrated at or even ones who are even watching right and how does that look then when I make it about me, right? Or we make it about us through not remaining patient and losing our stuff. It's like what we say in our house, where's the finger pointing? Mm-hmm. Like, is it pointing back at me? Is it all about me? Or is it pointing up at God? Mm-hmm. And the most practical way we can find that through a, wa- a daily walk with Christ and dying to ourselves is taking note of our opportunities to remain patient. Right. Because an opportunity to remain patient um, in the flesh is not desirable, 
right? It's like, why don't you make my life easier to help me remain patient? But that's not the way life works, right? <laughs> you're in a hurry even and you get that yellow light at the traffic stop and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm a sinner. I fail every day, right? I think there's been a lot of improvement in our life since God has brought this love and frustration idea to you. And we've, we've dived into it more in our personal lives and I've seen, I've seen fruit from it. But when you first brought up frustrations with me, like Mm. I was frustrated that you brought up frustrations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it seems so justifiable. Mm -hmm. That's the way I always lived before I started thinking of it through a, the the glass of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember where I was when you called me and brought up this idea of love and frustration. It was just a couple months after we had lost our jobs, and it was shortly after yeah. you started your new job, which was transportation, and you had that big truck and trailer going around the country. There was so much chaos, like internal chaos in our lives. A lot of change. A lot of change. Mm. A lot of questions that were still really unanswered. I was worried about your emotional and mental health at the time. And with you being in the truck and the trailer, I I got to also worry about your physical safety Mm -hmm. (laughs) bonus. Mm. (laughs) And when you would leave on a trip, we didn't know when we would see you again, we didn't know if it would be a week, 10 days, two weeks. And I was here with the boys trying to balance everything, probably failing <laughs> miserably. Yeah. Cause part of this change was, I mean, I was still alive and part of the marriage, but I wasn't here. So you, you became thrown into amongst all this new change, a single parent mm-hmm. most days. Yeah. And so I remember my patience was being tested a lot throughout the day. And you called me and you were like, Hey, take note of your frustrations throughout the day. I'm like, super. I got this idea. I yeah, have I so many yeah. I can yeah. give you. Yeah. But realizing that it's not okay to justify them, mm. that love needs to cover them mm. was the challenge. And patience, yeah, patience was one of them. I remember realizing how often frustrations happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, the beauty of being in the truck all by myself is because I've never experienced in my life before that, being an extroverted person, just this complete quietness. Solitude. Solitude. Mm -hmm. For an entire day, just me, myself, and my mind. At first, it felt like- Scary place to be. It was was very uncomfortable, but (laughs) I I had to endure it. I didn't have a choice, right? but yeah, I remember it was like God just slowed everything down, literally, in my mind, being by myself. And there's all these frustrations on the road, from weather to traffic to, you know, losing a signal for the radio show I was just listening to to make my time go by easier to, I mean, Other having drivers. to use, yeah, it's simply having to use the restroom and there's no exit nearby for like 10 miles. It's like all the little things, mm-hmm. right? Um and and i just i just started realizing that god was showing me how often frustrations were presenting themselves all the time 
And granted, it was all the time when I was just by myself. Mm. <laughs> now you enter in a world of reality when you're surrounded by other people. Right. And now it just got multiplied by, you know, who knows how much. Infinity, really. There's a gazillion ways to exercise love. Yes. So most people are surrounded by people. The point is, is that frustrations are all the time. Right. They're presented to us all the time. And I think many times, actually, we they're so much a part of our life that we fail to even notice them happening. So if this is the point, if they're happening literally almost all the time throughout a day, um, if we're not responding correctly to those frustrations and we're feeding them with uh, things that are not the fruit of the spirit, right? That are not the adjectives of love, then that's how we're living. Right. Complete opposite of love. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is so important. This isn't just like a self-help thing, right? Oh, try not to be frustrated. No, it, it, you will be frustrated. You get frustrated all the time. We all do. But how we respond to it, I realize, is the opportunity mm-hmm. to then even going further and deeper into it is the very opportunity to die to self. And we find that with we're talking about now, patience. And I start to realize that this is this is not easy. Yeah. And you hear dying to self and there's, think there's a resistance there. Like, oh, no, I don't want to die to self. But you get on the other side of that. Hmm. It's a wonderful place to be. Mm-hmm. When you let, you let that sin go that you've been hanging on to or a resentment or an unforgiveness towards someone. When you let that go, there's just a freeing peace on the other side. Yeah, there really is. I think it's like, I kind of see it as in my mind too. Like say you're, few people are mountain climbers, including myself. (laughs) So this analogy doesn't even physically apply to myself. Please don't try that. But this is the way I imagine it. It's like, you know, when you're on a hike or climbing something or even going through exercise, okay? But the point is there's a resistance. You're climbing a mountain. It's going to be this beautiful view when you get up there, but you've never been up there. You've, You've been told it's a beautiful view. But you're in the trees, you're, you know, you can't see the top and you're like, oh man, I'm getting so tired. The altitude's getting thinner. I can't breathe. And you're like, just keep going. Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on. But then when you finally get there, you realize the words of everybody else mm-hmm. and you're like, this was worth it. But the point is, right, is that on the other side of that struggle of mm-hmm. remaining in it, there's a beauty. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Hmm. And I love how God designed it because it overflows on other people. It's not just meant for you. It's meant for you to display mm. Christ's love and goodness to others. God's so cool. that yeah. He uses our struggles and our pains and our failures. And we keep enduring. And he uses it for his glory. Us remaining patient. There's a battle within, but it it's also has... A result of what is outside of us. If I react super impatient and just get angry now, then that's affecting the one I'm getting angry at. If I remain patient, the people around me get to experience peace, mm-hmm. right? And and so a practicality. <laughs> I remember driving down the road, going back to that reality when I was driving so much, I remember, okay, today, because there's plenty of opportunities for for some upset feelings and frustrations of how people drove, right? And uh, people would flick me off. And I remember how it would then make me feel, right? I oh, mean, yeah. Even though I'm in like 60,000 pounds 
of right. driving, I'd want to floor it, catch up with them. Like, you know, like I was in a two seater and be like, you don't have no idea what you did to me. You know, it just comes as. Tell me you didn't do that. Turbulent mess. No, but that, that visualization, I have to admit, inserted itself immediately into yeah. my mind of how I like wanted that. to do, right? I visualized what I was going to do at, just in the instant, right? I wasn't even in control. It just appeared to me. It and I was like, in. yeah, I'm going to do this. So, so yeah, I get think, obviously, I think people can relate. A daily opportunity to remain patient is in driving, just how people react, right? Or if they pull in front of you and they're not even going the speed limit. Oh, man, that's a hard one for me. When I'm driving and that someone pulls out in front of me. yesterday. I was right? like, why? If you're going to pull out in front of me, <laughs> like you must be in a hurry. So why don't you continue to be in a hurry and at least go the speed limit? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. You know, in, in Romans twelve twelve, it says, "Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer." The ironic part it says, "Patient in affliction." Mm-hmm. How often is the very essence of being patient the affliction itself? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's people in in a turmoil, hardships, and they're trying to remain patient in it and trusting the Lord. But for many of us, going back to the everyday opportunities, patience itself is the invitation to battle the affliction within ourselves. Absolutely. Hmm. And the minor daily things that come up. So what's some words that you can encourage us on to remain patient? Give us some reason. A, Jesus said it. (laughs) (laughs) A, Jesus said it, yes. Just removing your importance, your pride Hmm. from the situation. I know when I do that for myself, it puts things into perspective more. I wish I did it all the time. And you just don't, you don't know what someone else is going through. Yeah. I think that's really key. We, we live in such a self-focused society right now that we forget and just pray, pray for patience, pray for Holy Spirit to do his work in you and be open to it. Cause it's not going to feel fun sometimes, but it's just so worth it. I'm not talking like I've I'm an expert and I figured it all out. I am Mm. such a work in progress and I still fail, but I pray to God for his forgiveness and his grace covers me and I keep trying. Paul said you never attain it, but you keep persevering. I find that be true with patience. You know, you're never going to be perfectly patient, but keep persevering, keep doing it. And we're just, we're talking about minute things that can kind of grow and spread and transfer. I don't even know what it would be like to be patient, say through a bad medical diagnosis or something where you're stuck in the hospital for a long time or you're waiting to get results or anything like that. I can't speak on how much weighty, like heavy patience that would take. I think that kind of goes more into the trust arena as well. And patience and trust is, right? They're tied together. Mm -hmm. Because you're trusting that this is the best way to remain patient. Even though the insides are saying, no, just give them what they deserve. You know, it's, you're trusting that that voice is a lie and that God's words are the truth. Yep. Be kind and compassionate to one another. There was a story that I heard that stuck with me. I heard it 25 years ago, probably. 
but it had to do with the whole not understanding what other people may be going through. It's a true story. And this person got onto a train, right? Like a train in the city. And when they got on the train, they sat down and there was other people on the train, um, somewhat busy. And there was these three kids and they were just kind of being kids, right? Rambunctious. At first they're like, oh, it's rambunctious kids. Like, but then, then they started getting out of control more. And he was like, this is inappropriate. And he started getting annoyed and frustrated by these kids acting the way they are. Like, where's this kid's parents? And then he looks up over and searches for a parent and sees a man who he puts together. That this is the father. And then the person sitting on the train experiencing the frustration of these kids looks at the father and says, hey, excuse me, do you mind please getting your kids under control? They're, they're really being a frustrating annoyance. So not just me, but other people, obviously. Can you please get them under control, right? Kind of like a scolding. And the father just lifted his head up with just this look of sorrow in his eyes and calmness. You know, it wasn't like responding to that guy's frustration with frustration. It was just sorrow. And he said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll get them under control. Um, but we just left the hospital and their mother died. Mm. And they don't know yet. And so they're running around like normal crazy kids, but he is going through something. Oh. Yeah. And immediately the person who spoke up went from being so frustrated and being feeling compulsive to their frustration. Now just the empathy, right? right? Just totally erased the compulsion to be frustrated and to react in that. And it's amazing what empathy can do. So I think it's very powerful to always remind ourselves like you just gave us some advice. Remember that you don't always know what someone else is going through. And I think too, if we can find some empathy, this story is just proof that that can silence that, that frustrations. Mm -hmm. You know, if we can find some empathy, get our eyes off ourselves. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel, for sharing your voice. And as always, all the work you do behind the scenes. And most importantly, for <laughs> remaining patient with, with me over here. Thank you very much. And <laughs> that might sound like a joke, but I'm actually being serious. I am her daily opportunity for love. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks. We want to thank you and everyone who has been listening for spending your time with us. Because how you spend your time is how you spend your life. If you are a listener and would like to share a story from your life, email us at EnduringChristianity at gmail.com. I'm Billy Heyer, encouraging you to endure in all circumstances. Have a blessed day.